You're listening to episode number 129 of The Journey to Manifesting. Welcome to the show. My name is Sarah Prout and my mission in life is to help you and inspire you to manifest your best life. But today's topic is a little bit emotionally sensitive. I'm going to be talking about miscarriage, which I believe is something that as a society, we don't talk about enough because it's estimated that at least one in three pregnancies end in loss. And there's no rhyme or reason behind it. It's just one of those things that happen. And I've been through this and I've shared my story very publicly, especially in my book, Dear Universe, where I talk about having six miscarriages, five of which happen in a row. And when I went through my losses, social media and being able to share my story was actually part of the healing process. But not everybody has that as an option. And so I wanted to provide comfort in today's episode. So just a little bit of a trigger warning here. If you are sensitive to issues surrounding uh, surrounding pregnancy or conception or infertility in any way, then maybe skip this one. But if you think that this could help you in any in the, you know, the tiniest way, one tiny idea that could help you shift your perspective, then that's what I'm here for today to really activate that magic. And if you listen to this show or this particular episode and you know somebody that has just experienced a miscarriage or is navigating loss or grief in any way surrounding the loss of a baby, then please feel free to share it with them because this is a real passion project of mine to discuss Um, how we bring our children into the world. And this is a beautiful, safe community and space to do that. So before we dive in today to talk about manifesting a baby after miscarriage, um, I am currently packing up my house because I am moving to New York next week. I am moving to the Hamptons and I'm really looking forward to being by the ocean and connecting with nature in a different way. And I mentioned in my previous couple of episodes that I have loved living in Las Vegas in the desert for the last five years and it's time for an, it's time for a change. It's time for a change of scenery and a change of environment. Five years ago, when I moved from Australia to America, I had no idea the path that the last five years would take in my life. Um, I really have enjoyed my time here on the West Coast, and I can't wait to experience what it's like living on the East Coast. And I know that so many of you out there are like, well, you know, be prepared for the cold. It's colder than you could ever imagine. But what a lot of people don't know is that I used to live in Sweden. I lived there for about a year and a half, uh, probably, I think it was between the years 2004 to 2005, actually. And it was cold. I mean, the Scandinavian winters are something that really need to be experienced to be understood. So I can only imagine it's a little bit similar to that in a lot of respects. Uh, But I'm really looking forward to exploring a new part of America. I've traveled to California more times than I can count. And uh, I'm really looking forward to understanding the history that's on the east coast a lot more so 
I promise to keep you posted. So if you're not following me over on Instagram, please feel free to do so. My Instagram name is Sarah Prout. (laughs) Really nice and easy to remember. So follow me there because I'll be sharing a lot of updates and new discoveries on my brand new adventure. In the last five years, Sean and I have moved five times. In fact, a really crazy statistic is that I turned 41 in November and I've moved probably around 40 times in my life. So I'm really looking forward to just staying still for a little while. Uh, The house that we have in the Hamptons is just a rental until we can hopefully, fingers crossed, manifest the perfect place to call our forever home, if we really like it, that is. And I sound a little bit tired because Sean and I have been packing up all of the boxes by ourselves. We've been doing this over the last three weeks, so I'm absolutely exhausted. But I just wanted to record one more podcast before heading off. So this is the last podcast that I will be recording in Las Vegas. And I I started the podcast here a couple of years ago, and I'm so happy to report that we've now had nearly 2.5 million downloads in, I think it's been 22 months of the podcast being live. So thank you so much for being a subscriber and a listener of the Journey to Manifesting show. Okay, so back to today's topic, manifesting a baby after miscarriage from miscarriage to miracle. So I get a lot of messages from you guys that want to manifest a baby. And it's a very powerful intention to set, to state that you are ready to be a parent, that you want to bring a baby earthside that is biologically yours. Now, keep in mind, there are so many different ways that you can become a parent or a caretaker to a child. There's adoption, there's fostering, there's step-parenting. There's so many ways that these beautiful soul babies can make it into your reality. My kids are downstairs making noise right now as we speak. Um, But what I do want to say is that for those of you that want to manifest your own biological baby, It's really important to pay attention to your emotions. And that's why I wrote about this extensively in my book, Dear Universe, to help you to guide that uncertainty, because that is the key factor in this process, because it's a journey and there are no guarantees whether or not you will be successful. It's really really a sacred journey of accepting what is no matter what you're presented with and I oh my gosh I feel a little bit emotional telling this story but I'm gonna tell this anyway I didn't know whether I was going to include it on the podcast but I felt like it was a really important story to share with you and it only just happened last night so you guys are the very first ones to hear this other than my husband so last night um, my daughter Lulu was sitting next to me in bed and beside her was her little sister Ava and I so often say to Lulu thank you for being here you know I really honor her for choosing me to be her mother if that's how it works because I really wanted Lulu I had had five miscarriages in a row the first one happened the week before I got married in Las Vegas in 2013 and then the second one happened on my honeymoon in the Dominican Republic. And then there were three other miscarriages and they all happened around the nine week, 10 week mark. Um, One of them was a little bit further on and that baby we discovered was a girl. Uh, I was, I think I was about 13 or 14 weeks along and she had a condition called trisomy 18, uh, which is a, a genetic disorder. 
and they only got that because they took they did all of the tests because I and this is getting a little bit graphic here so a little bit of a trigger warning they um after I passed the baby or the the fetus uh they were able to do testing at the hospital and they figured out what was wrong so at that point I think I'd had three in a row they admitted me to the recurrent miscarriage clinic where I was treated as an infertility patient and because of my age I was about 34 at the time that they said that okay we've got to do all the blood tests we have to test your husband and all of the tests came back negative there was nothing that they could pinpoint was contributing to this uh, recurrent loss and after each loss I felt progressively more broken so you can only imagine what it did to me for me as a manifesting teacher with um, you know thousands upon thousands of students from around the world saying hey you can manifest your best life you can manifest anything that your heart desires and yet I couldn't manifest a baby and this is where I really learned how to walk that talk because it's not all surface level hey let's manifest a ten thousand dollar handbag <laughs> it is let's manifest the strength that we need to move through this time. So this applies to you, perhaps, if you're not wanting to manifest a baby right now, whether you're wanting to manifest uh, a new job or a certain level of financial stability in your life or you want to attract your forever partner, your beloved. It's so important to remember that this journey of uncertainty is one that we all have to, to go through in various different ways. There are so many different masks of uncertainty and how that shows up. And I believe that it's the universe training us to get stronger and more comfortable with that uncertainty. So getting back to the story, last night I was cuddling my girls, they're watching TV, and I said to Lulu, thank you for being here. I wanted you so much. You know, I, I just, I have those moments where I think of myself back in 2014 when I was going through all of these losses. And I said, you know, I tried five times to have you and it didn't work out. And then her little sister Ava burst into tears, like the deepest sobbing you could imagine it was almost like she was having cellular memory and she said I tried to stay in your tummy mummy but I couldn't I tried to stay in your tummy mummy but I couldn't and she was so sad it was as if she was trying to to reach me but she couldn't and I'd always thought it was Lulu's soul however that works that was trying to get through time and time again but perhaps it was Ava, little Ava Moon, who was born in 2016, just 21 months after her sister was born. And who knows how it works. Maybe they, you know, maybe Lulu had times of trying to get through and then Ava had times of trying to get through. But there's this phenomena that's very uh, well known on the internet called rainbow babies. <laughs> and on the day that we had Lulu... Uh, I was scheduled in to have an elective cesarean section because I'd had a natural birth for Thomas, who's 19 now, and he took 34 hours to push out, and I was really traumatized by that. So by five years later, by the time I had Olivia, I opted to have a C-section. And because I'd already had one C-section, and with Lulu, I had placenta previa, I'd been uh, scheduled in to have another C-section. So I knew when her birthday would be. And on the day that Sean and I were driving to the hospital, we were almost like bending our necks or straining them a little to look out the window to look for a rainbow because we're thinking, our rainbow baby's going to be born today. Um, you know, where's the rainbow? 
But now I think about it, it was with Ava because Ava, on the day that I told Sean I was pregnant with Ava, there was a rainbow in the sky. On the day I spontaneously went into labor with Ava, that's a mouthful right there, at 37 weeks, so three weeks early, uh, there was a rainbow in the sky the whole day. Now, keep in mind, at this time that I'm telling you this story, I live in Las Vegas and it rarely rains. It's only rained maybe one or two times this year. And so to have a rainbow on the 16th of December, 2016, was a message from our rainbow baby saying, I'm here, I'm finally here. So getting back to the, the story of Ava sobbing. So I picked her up and I hugged her and I felt like this deep knowing that she had some kind of memory, whether you call this a past life memory or a memory of who she was before she was Ava. And this was a very sacred moment. And so I thought I'd share that with you today to remind you that we are physical, we're spiritual beings having a physical experience and that nobody really knows how it works, right? But we can honor and appreciate the times when we do have those soulful moments of emotional recognition. Now, for those of you that have experienced loss, loss from miscarriage or however, you know, you may not even have been successful in conceiving or you need IVF or something like that, just remember to keep believing. Keep believing that anything is possible. I want you to believe that. And I know it might be easy for me to say because I came out the other, other side of five miscarriages in a row to birth my two miracle babies because the doctor told me that it was highly unlikely that at my age uh, and with the amount of losses that I had, that it would be highly unlikely that I would be able to carry a baby to full term. And there was no medical reason for it, except what I will say is when I was pregnant with Lulu, the doctor did something and tested me for a recessive gene called MTHFR. Now, keep in mind, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a medical professional. But she explained it that I have trouble uh, processing folate, the vitamin folate. And that, that was one theory as to why I could have experienced the multiple miscarriages. Um, Another possible theory is that when I was 19, I was diagnosed with polycystic ovarian syndrome and I had really severe endometriosis. And so when I lost my very first pregnancy, when I was about 16 weeks along, and that was, oh my gosh, I was only 20 years old. It was heartbreaking for me. I really, really wanted that baby and I didn't process the grief. And then I got pregnant just eight weeks later. And so I ended up with postnatal depression, probably prenatal depression as well. And I didn't know how to handle that. And for those of you that know my story, you know that I was married for 10 years in a very toxic situation where we were just not good for each other. We loved each other. We loved each other dearly, but we, that we were just not right for each other. And we had different modes of communication. We had different needs in life. And we were just we were both so stubborn that we just stuck at it until it ended with explosive fireworks. And I have written about this in my upcoming book. I can't tell you too much about it right now or even what it's called. But let's just say I really go deep into how I experienced 10 years of mutual domestic violence and the road back to myself. So I'm just looking at my notes here and thinking if I can offer any comfort. So if you see somebody that, let's just say that you haven't experienced miscarriage or loss or you haven't suffered with um, any 
depression or anxiety associated with conception because there's so many of you out there. I know there are because you guys email me and text me or say that you have a family member that's going through this. Make sure that you offer support to somebody that you know that's been through this, even if it's just to listen, because you really can't understand unless you've been through it. And I know so many of you have posted about this on social media, asking, you know, how many angel babies have you lost? All of us have a story. All of us have a story. And it's so important to honor that process. I, I feel emotional talking about this right now. So I have... Another thing to say as well that I have noticed, and and I'm sure they wouldn't mind me telling you this either, that there are people out there that have needed medical intervention when it comes to conception. And then once they have successfully had their biological child, then the second one comes along just so easily and effortlessly because the resistance, the energetic and emotional resistance has been dealt with. And so the lesson for the soul or all parties involved has been understood. They're comfortable with uncertainty. They're present with the process. They are able to uh, guide and manage their emotions. And some of the most difficult, heartbreaking emotions you can imagine, they're, they're warriors, they're strong, they keep moving forward no matter what, and their babies just appear. And this happened to me as well when after having Lulu, And I was 35 when I had Lulu. And so a year passed and I thought, okay, I'd like to have another baby with my husband, Sean. You know, I'd like to give Lulu a full biological sibling, even though she has Thomas and Olivia, who are her uh, half siblings. And so Sean and I were arguing because we thought, oh, God, we're going to have to face the reality that we're going to go through loss after loss after loss again. And physically, I can't tell you how I mean, I don't even think I fully recovered from the trauma of the recurring losses, what it did to me physiologically, to my hormones, to my um, my cells, to my heart. You know, I was so scared back then to have to go through it again, but I was willing to do it. I was willing to do whatever it took to bring in another baby. And so... Sean and I tried and we weren't even really convinced. We're like, ah, you know, let's just try and see what happens. And we tried once. And on that very first time, I ended up getting pregnant. I had no idea that it would happen so fast. And then, of course, all of the same levels of fear started to come up. Like, okay, I know what's going to happen here. It'll get to like nine or ten weeks and then the baby will leave. I have to be prepared for this. And so because I was comfortable with the uncertainty, those milestones gave me strength, every single milestone that I reached. And this is what I would love to impart upon you as a piece of advice, if this is applicable to wherever you are in your life right now, that get to each milestone. When I was pregnant with Lulu, I used to celebrate each and every day. Every day that she was still in there meant that it was a reason to celebrate and so even prior to conception with Ava, even just the willingness to show up and try again was a reason to celebrate. And so I, I switched my focus to gratitude. And I posted about this on Instagram a couple of days ago. 
gratitude for some people, especially when they are facing extreme adversity. And I know this because I've been through it. You know, I, I was a, a single mother on welfare 11 years ago and, and I, you know, I didn't know where my next dollar or even my next meal was going to come from. And so I would switch my focus to tiny gratitude, not like I'm so grateful for my beautiful abundant life. It was more like I'm grateful that I have a place to put my head tonight. I'm grateful that I have the ability to read. I'm grateful that I can blink my eyelids. And so if you are going through difficulty with conception or you've been through loss, whatever you can reach for in a moment of tiny gratitude and appreciation of the present moment will strengthen you. I promise you this. And so when I was pregnant with Ava and of course they were going to do the first scan and I'm terrified of scans because I've had so many in my life and many of them have not turned out to be great because, you know, I'd seen one with a heartbeat one week and then the next two weeks, three weeks, there was no heartbeat. And so when I saw that Ava was actually okay and that each milestone she was okay, I just slowly began to trust a little bit more and I began to relax. And ultimately you can only really relax when that baby's in your arms. And then even, even then, like my son's 19 now and I'm still not relaxed because he's just moved out of home. And, and so you know, I'm worried about where he is, what he's doing, whether he's safe, <laughs> all those kind of stuff, all those kind of things. And as a parent, that's just our job. Our job is to get comfortable with that uncertainty and remember that these kids aren't ours anyway. They're just on loan. They're on loan from God. They're on loan from the universe. And that if we trust in the perfect divine timing of things, rather than thinking, okay, well, I've got to have a baby now. This is in my five-year plan. It often doesn't work like that because we're being trained, as I said, by the universe to get comfortable with that uncertainty, to be strengthened, to ultimately be the best parents we can be. And if that doesn't work out, then we're strengthened and trained to be the best partners we can or the best friends we can be. Because it's not about just ourselves and our own sense of purpose in the world. It's about how it is shared with others as part of the collective energy of human consciousness. Souls are born and souls die every single moment of the day. Just imagine that. Just as you can breathe in and out, so too is the life force either going into somebody or flowing out of somebody. And it's a humbling reminder that we are infinite beings on this wild ride called life, especially through these crazy pandemic times and times where, you know, we are facing as a society and as a culture so much uncertainty, so much, you know, so many different pieces of information and not knowing what's real, what's not real, but what we can ultimately trust is our own levels of intuition and guidance. And you must remember that you are a sovereign being, a powerful energetic being. And so I hope this helps. I really do. Another thing that I want to say is about body acceptance and taking care of yourself. Self-care is really powerful when it comes to your spiritual journey. And I know this because I got to the point when I was trying to manifest Lulu that I thought to myself, how can I manifest a human being that feels comfortable living and staying in my body if I don't feel grounded and safe in my own body? That was a really huge, raw moment where I thought I have to take get better care of myself. I have to move my body. I have to water my body. I have to nourish it with good foods. And ultimately, 
what was one of the key distinctive features when it came to manifesting a successful pregnancy was distraction. I had to stop thinking about it. I had to stop uh, looking at forums and I had to stop um, looking at different alternative ways. You know, I used creams and potions and herbs and essential oils and um, those things are great. I'm not saying don't do those things, but I became obsessed with them to the point where it wasn't healthy, that I was creating resistance around the thing that I wanted the most. The other thing that I did was I created a dialogue with my baby. And I, I've talked about this in my book, Dear Universe, and I don't have a copy around right now. I would probably read you the passage that I'm thinking of if I had a copy that wasn't packed. Um, but it says in there that around five weeks, around the five week mark, I started bleeding. And this was the sixth pregnancy in 10 months. So my body was exhausted. I was so tired. And Sean was on a meeting and I remember thinking, oh God, okay, all of the the usual signs of miscarriages are happening. And so after his meeting, we went off to the emergency room and he had to go and pick up the kids because we didn't have anyone else to pick up Thomas and Olivia from school. And so I had to sit in the waiting room waiting to get my emergency ultrasound. And I wrote a note in my notes app. And you may have heard me tell this story before. But I wrote something along the lines to my baby and it started like this. Dear soul baby, I'm so honored and proud to be your mother. Please know that it is safe to stay or if or, or not. You know, I, it was an open-ended invitation. It was like a, I'm okay whether you choose to stay or not. And so then my name was called and I went in there and I'm like, okay, I've, I've been in this very room before. I've been here with the ultrasound machine where time slows down and everything's dark in the room and there's just the tiny illuminated screen. And then they put the gel on your belly and check for the heartbeat. And I thought, there's, there's no way that this, this baby's going to survive. I'm used to this. I know the drill now, even though I was hopeful. And sure enough, at five weeks and three days, I saw Lulu's heartbeat for the very first time. And in that moment, I could exhale. I could relax. I felt relieved and I celebrated that milestone. But the doctor told me, and I don't know whether I've talked about this publicly before, that the doctor gave me a less than 20% chance that the baby would survive because I was bleeding. There was something in there called a, I don't know, like I said, I'm not a doctor, but I think it was called a subchorionic hematoma. It was like this big pool of blood around the baby and it was probably, you know, not going to work out because of that. And so I thought, you know what, my friend Dallas, she told me as long as there's life, there's hope. And so if you are either facing a miscarriage right now or you've had one before, just please remember as long as there's life, there's hope. And especially if you want to bring this baby earthside, just trust in the baby's soul journey. Because when I held little Ava last night as she was having that soul memory of whatever she was trying to do when she was saying I, could, I was, what did she say? It was, I was trying to stay in your tummy, but I couldn't. I was trying to stay in your tummy, but I couldn't. And she was sobbing her little heart out with awareness, with remembrance, with a deep relief that she's here now and so just trust in the journey trust in your own journey as well because remember once you weren't even here you were just an idea you were just that soul baby waiting to be manifested from the non-physical realm flip it around remember that every single person that you know in your life was once a little tiny 
energetic being in the non-physical realm that put their hand up to step forward and say, okay, I'm going to be born through this person on this day for this reason. (laughs) And we're going to be powerful teachers for each other. (laughs) That's a, that's a bit of a mind blowing realization, isn't it? So I hope this episode was helpful for you today. This very last episode that I will be recording in Las Vegas. Um, I'm really honored to be able to have this as the last episode of in Las Vegas because I manifested little baby Ava Moon, who was born here, my only baby that was born in Las Vegas in 2016. So however life shows up for you and through you, I'm sending so much love. And once again, if you know if this episode could be helpful for anyone that you know that may be going through infertility or miscarriage or has experienced loss or grief, please share it with them and leave me a review. I would love to hear what your thoughts are on this topic and this subject. And just remember, and I really want you to know here that I've tried my best to be as respectful, mindful and all inclusive as possible because I know that this affects so many different people from all walks of life different configurations of relationships and sexualities and, you know, just the beautiful human spectrum. (laughs) I know that miscarriage and infertility and the desire to bring a baby into this world is one that affects so many of us. And so I just wanted to be of service. So that's where my heart's at. And I hope that it was helpful for you. So sending you so much love. And until next time, enjoy your journey to manifesting. Thank you.